following lecture was produced by the Gnostic Academy of Chicago, a nonprofit organization, and is one of many available for podcast, download, and transcription. You can visit chicagonosis.org to find courses, articles, scriptures, commentaries, and other valuable resources that address a wide variety of spiritual subjects, interests, and needs. Through the generous support of listeners like you, the Gnostic Academy of Chicago has produced online courses, lectures, and articles freely available worldwide. If you have benefited from this knowledge, help humanity through making a tax-deductible donation at chicagonosis.org. If you are interested in attending the Gnostic Academy of Chicago in person, you may view our online class schedule and freely register at meetup.com slash chicagonosis. The Chicagoland Gnostic Academy provides humanity with the necessary means for transforming suffering and acquiring personal knowledge of the divine. With this purpose in mind, we now begin the lecture. May all beings be happy. discussed many methods for awakening consciousness within dreams. Today, we will provide practical techniques for how to remember them. We will first explain why dream recall is important, followed by ways to record our deepest spiritual experiences by remembering everything we experience. We can cultivate a rich spiritual life. Although we might have great success with awakening in dreams, it is still possible that we do not remember them. This can sound confusing or contradictory How is it possible that we can awaken within our dreams and yet not remember them? While surprising, this problem is clearly reflected in our daily life. Do you remember what you ate for breakfast a week ago? Can you recall within your mind the route you took across your neighborhood or city to get to a job interview? Do you remember everything you witnessed, said, and heard? Or are there gaps in your memory, even though you know you were engaged in diverse situations with people? We live in a paradoxical state. We think we are conscious, and yet we cannot recall all the facts of our experiences. We believe we are alert, And yet there is much that we cannot remember, despite our interactions with the world. We might remember snippets of conversations, images of people and places in our mind, and yet there are gaps. Memories can be fuzzy. While we recall whom we met, we might not remember what we thought, felt, or said. 
We might also forget that we were told what we were told regarding minor or even consequential issues. In some cases, we remember nothing at all. Some would argue that it is impossible to remember everything. However, all the world scriptures emphasize the need to know ourselves completely. To remember ourselves in relation to every aspect of life. Likewise, each world religion emphasizes the possibility of becoming something more. The same dynamic applies to our ability to remember and recall our experiences. To bridge our subconscious and conscious worlds. Here is what Samal and Vior had to say about this topic. Our head is a tower with two rooms, the cerebrum and the cerebellum. The cerebellum is the room of the subconsciousness. The cerebrum is the room of the consciousness. The wisdom of the internal worlds belongs to the room of the subconsciousness. The things of our world belong to the room of the consciousness. When the consciousness and the subconsciousness are united, one can then study all the marvels of the internal worlds and pass them to the physical brain. It is urgent that our disciples join the two rooms of this marvelous tower of our head. From Ignatius Rose, the chapter Esoteric Discipline of Mind. Possessing a keen memory is important in our dream yoga studies. If you cannot remember your dreams upon awakening from rest, you are missing out on an entire world of data. There are entire dimensions or realities to be known. To ignore that is to ignore a huge percentage of your existence. An average person might sleep eight hours a day, which, as a third of the day, constitutes a third of one's life. Someone who lives for 75 years spends 25 of them asleep, or... 9,125 days. Just as you can imagine, there is a lot of missing time spent in unconsciousness. Yeah, we also know by experiencing a lucid dream that there is much to be discovered even in a single moment. This is how we can understand the magnitude of being spiritually asleep. Also, if you cannot remember your dreams, it is most likely because you are not conscious of yourself during the day. We have already established the relationship between waking and dreaming life. They are two sides of the same coin. If you want to explore one, you need to know the other. In order to advance this discussion, let us explain two distinct types of memory. To remember signifies to keep or bear someone or something in mind, to retain or preserve unforgotten in the memory. This is from the old French remembrer, to remember, recall, or bring to mind. The prefix re means again, 
Therefore, to remember is to bring a memory or experience again to one's attention. Despite these specific definitions, we need to consider how memory recall has diverse qualities. Memory, in the conventional sense, is often unreliable. As you see in the image to the left, memories can change, fade, or disappear altogether, precisely because they can be impermanent. Or if such memories are significant, we do not tend to see them objectively for what they are. Memories can also fluctuate and morph, primarily through how we narrate them to others. We might hear a story in one way and tell it in another. Stories can change from person to person, to the point that we cannot recognize the originals. This is the basis of gossip, whereby a falsification gains power and influence because it may contain a half-truth a kernel of reality with the shell of multiple embellishments. Most of our memory is egotistical. By this, we typically recall information and experiences through the filter of a self. If we are angry, we recall the injustices we've suffered from someone in the past. If we are afraid, we might recall how we grew up in poverty and do not want to repeat its miseries. If we are proud, we relish in the memories of victory and success. These are thoughts, memories, images, or experiences related to some event. It really does not take any effort to attend to such states. It is simply instinctual, mechanical, unintentional. We do not will it to be. It merely arrives through association. Mechanical memory is related to the ego, the self. And our sense of self, as we've explained throughout this course, is the origin of dreams. A memory is a form of dreaming. It is a crystallized representation of the past in the mind. When we are engrossed in memory, we tend to ignore the present. This is how we've been able to assert that we are dreaming all the time. If we wish to advance in dream yoga discipline, it is essential to develop a different type of memory that is fundamental, accurate, and reliable. What we are referencing is conscious, intentional, objective. It is known as work memory the perception and remembrance of the real. Work memory is the conscious capacity to accurately recall and factually remember our experiences. The consciousness has a form of memory that is objective and unfalsified. It is the result of putting our essence, our consciousness, to work. To perceive reality as it is. This means that we do not filter anything through fear, attachment, craving, affliction, 
identification or selfhood. We merely recall what is without preference. Work memory is developed through conscious imagination, as we see with the image on the right. Conscious imagination is intentional. It is willed. It is purposeful. Such perceptions arrive, sustain, and cease according to our volition. When you imagine something consciously, you see it without an interpreter, without a self. Your imagination clarifies and expands like multiple mirrors augmenting the light of a candle. You perceive more without any distortion or flaw, like a reflective and polished surface. This clear seeing is often accompanied by a lack of an I or sense of me, myself. Since it is pure seeing without an interpreter, one can arrive at an objective assessment of phenomena. We often reiterate in these studies the need to remember the being. The being, our divine nature, is impersonal. It is pure perception without a filter. When we remember the being we are bringing to our attention, to our awareness, a state of consciousness that is devoid of any I, and yet it is characterized by spontaneous joy, profound insight, and perfect serenity. This is what can consistently and precisely recall dream experiences without fault because it is free from mistakes in observation. Samuel and Vier also explained in The Great Rebellion how work memory involves psychological photographs of different stages in our development to visualize and compare how we were behaving in the past to what we are now, followed by what we might become. This can provide inspiration to work on ourselves and change, to possess greater motivation to awaken within dreams. Work memory allows us to recall our dreams. Yet this skill is developed through training. Our consciousness to accurately remember the events of our daily life and to see the connections between them. The reason why we cannot remember our dreams is because our conscious memory is atrophied. Any muscle lacking exercise atrophies. If you refuse to engage your body in some type of work, your muscles will become weak. The same with the consciousness. The same with our ability to recall experiences. It is crucial to remember our internal experiences. For as I stated, we tend to go through our physical and internal existences without cognizance. There are possibilities accessible to us when we dream that can inform our daily life. Wisdom that is so profound that we do not need to rely on anyone or anything for spiritual guidance. Mystical experiences 
constitute the ethical compass of the Gnostic. Without this connection, our spirituality is deficient because we are not aware of the genuine messages we receive from divinity regarding how to live. The fact is that we might be traveling to the temples of the White Lodge to be helped, and yet we do not bring those experiences back with us to our body. This is like the sci-fi television show Severance, where employees at a certain company receive an operation that splits their identities. Whenever they come to work, they are one person and can only remember their life at the job. When they leave the building, they are someone else with a completely different set of memories. Even these two distinct personalities are colloquially termed innies and outies. This is our reality. We live two lives, a physical and internal existence. Only one who is awakened in dreams is conscious that there is another reality. However, those memories must be brought back for there to be an integration of the psyche. Here's what Samal and Vyar said about the topic. The ego lives in the internal world and travels to different places while our physical body sleeps. There, within the internal worlds, we are exposed to tests many times. It is within the temples of the internal worlds where we receive the initiation. Therefore, it becomes necessary to remember everything that we do outside the body. Thus, with the instructions given in this book, every human being will be able to awaken the consciousness and remember his internal experiences. It is painful to know that there are many initiates who work in the great temples of the White Lodge whilst their physical body sleeps. Nonetheless, they do not remember anything because their memory is atrophied for the perfect matrimony. Let's explore why we might not remember our dreams. Dream recall is facilitated by the full integration, equilibrium, and alignment of the psyche. We spoke previously about the five centers of the human machine. If our intellect, emotions, movements, instincts, and sexuality are at odds with each other, then we live in a state of psychological confusion. If we think one thing, feel another, and do something contrary to both, we suffer from a lack of inner clarity. For example, if someone insults us, we might be filled with self-justifying thoughts. We also might experience a barrage of desires for retaliation. Lastly, we are also torn between fight or flight impulses. These related, but disparate reactions all occur within a moment. However, they demonstrate that our consciousness is fragmented, dispersed. We lack a sense of cohesion, which is unity and peace. We've also explained how our consciousness needs to be super active, while our personality and mind must be passive. This allows for our human machine to operate optimally, with balance. Memories from the internal worlds flow better into our human machine when it is passive and integrated. If we train our intellectual center to function consciously, alongside our emotions, movements, instincts, and sexual drives, 
then we will possess a better vehicle for receiving experiences from the higher worlds. The best technique for balancing the five centers is meditation. In this way, we can leave our bodies behind to experience the superior states of the being. While out of the body, we witness and perceive beyond the limitations of the ego. If our human machine is healthy, balanced, and integrated, then such memories of our internal experiences can flow freely down through the silver cord, the Antakarana thread, like in the image to the right, to be permanently established within our interior. Besides a lack of psychological integration, there are other reasons why we might not remember dreams. A major one is that we usually move upon awakening. This is the first and most important step for dream recall. Don't move. It's very simple, but easy to forget or ignore out of habit. Normally upon awakening, you might feel agitated or antsy after having slept for eight hours. The natural compulsion is to stretch, move, or adjust your position. Despite these tendencies, it is very important to become conscious of yourself and to make the deliberate choice not to move. Why is this? You might wonder. In the beginning, our dream memories, because they belong to the subconsciousness and not the consciousness, can be delayed from transferring into our physical brain. It is normal for dream experiences to take some time to transfer from the astral body into our brain, especially if we've never trained ourselves to do this before. Just as you would not click cancel while in the middle of an important download, likewise you should not move upon awakening. This is because the astral body, while a material and energetic vehicle, is more fluidic Ever watch the reflection of a pool of water after it is disturbed? The images on its surface become distorted. However, when it is still, water can reflect with perfect clarity, vibrancy, and translucence. The same with the astral body after it returns to our physical body. When you awake in bed, your astral body naturally integrates with your physical body after having been engaged in activities in the astral world. You've basically just gotten back into your car again after a night's journey outside of it. Now you have the opportunity to transfer any dream memories into your physical brain. You do so by making as little to no movement as possible upon awakening. When the astral body reintegrates, its memories and values are still present in the form of images and experiences. They naturally reside within the translucent nature of the astral body. In such a delicate moment, you can try to remember your dreams by not moving. You will have greater efficiency 
accuracy and sustainability in this because you do not agitate the fluidic composition of your astral body. When there is no ripple of movement, you make it easier for dream recall to happen. If you move upon awakening, even if you remember some fragments of dreams, it will become increasingly difficult to recall them as you engage in your daily activities. Just as the stars of the night vanish with the rising of the sun, so do our dream memories dissipate as we engage with the responsibilities of life. This is why we have to discipline ourselves not to move upon awakening and to concentrate on remembering dreams before we move in bed. Some people really struggle with this. Perhaps some are too mechanical and feel like they have to move the first thing upon awakening. If this is a problem, train yourself. And do not beat yourself up if you initially fail. This is a lifestyle. Take your time. But practice consistently so that you make a new habit. Others have difficulty getting up for work and therefore need an alarm. Perhaps this is problematic because it is disturbing to your dream recall exercise. If you make an alarm to wake you up since you sleep deeply, set it 10 minutes before you need to get up and move. Make sure the alarms are not so annoying that it distracts you, but can wake you up in time for you to try and remember your experiences. While you are awake in bed and have not moved, it is now time for a retrospection exercise. <clears throat> retrospection is the conscious review of our memories. We perform this to help us remember what we witnessed and experienced while out of the body. We also perform retrospection meditation daily as a means of strengthening our capacity to remember events during the day so that our conscious memory is exercised and strengthened. This is thoroughly explained in our course on Gnostic meditation. I will synthesize this practice for you here. When you find yourself in your body again, concentrate upon any lingering memories that are still present with you since you dreamed. If your dreams are fuzzy, distant, or obscured, concentrate upon the last thought you had as you awoke in bed. This last thought will relate to the last dream you experienced. You want to focus on either the last thought or image you have in your mind and trace it back in sequence from the latest to the earliest. You may find that if you focus on the freshest memory, you will get a better foothold in the door between the vigil and dreaming states. The earlier dreams will be easier to access. Sometimes it just takes one dream memory to lead into the rest. It is important to balance drowsiness when performing this retrospection exercise. This may not be hard for some people upon awakening, since one has just rested for eight hours. However, it can be easy to fall asleep again if you are particularly tired. So it might take some discipline to maintain the threshold of 
drowsiness without falling asleep again. This is something you can only know through familiarity and practice. However, lying still might not be enough. Even after concentrating upon our last thought, image, or memory, the door to the internal worlds can feel shut. In this case, it becomes necessary to work with mantra. We provided an entire lecture on mantras for astral projection, where we explain how sacred sounds can activate conscious abilities. The following mantra, Raum Gaum, is most effective for dream recall. Saman Vior explained how each word is divided and prolonged into two syllables. Like this. whether you control the consonant R because these mantras are performed mentally. You only need to imitate the sound in your mind. We do not vocalize the mantra upon awakening because the vibrations of the sound will agitate the astral body. We instead pronounce Raum Gaum mentally. Salman Vior explained that this mantra is like dynamite. When you mentally pronounce this mantra, you concentrate upon a memory and hold your attention upon it. The mystical sound within your consciousness will, with repetition, sincerity, and prayer, open the caves of your subconsciousness and allow for its contents to come out. If you have absolutely no memory of your dreams in the beginning, then this mantra will be even better for you. Concentrate upon the mantra in your mind. Reflect upon the contents of your mind with serene attention. And then, wait. Suddenly, memories associated with your dream experiences will flood into your mind. This often occurs as we simultaneously pray to our Divine Mother to show us the rest of our experiences, to help us remember. We do not need formula, but simply Help me, my mother. The more natural the prayer, the better. To strengthen our conscious capacity to remember, we can also vocalize the mantra Abracadabra for one hour daily. It comes from the Hebrew, Abracadabri, which means I create what I speak. It has traditionally been used as an incantation and a magical seal for amulets, talismans, and now t-shirts. This mantra due to its exposure to humanity has been greatly denigrated 
and vulgarized. However, it is exceptionally powerful for strengthening not only our consciousness, but our thymus gland. There are many benefits to this exercise. However, I only want to highlight its context for dream yoga, since the vowel A, pronounced as in the ah and father, helps to activate the pulmonary chakra, whose power is past life memories and dream recall. Glorian Publishing produced a video on how to pronounce the mantra, whereby you do so in its entirety, and then subsequently remove a letter off the end of each repetition, prolonging the vowels. For example, abracadabra becomes abracadabra, followed by abracadab, and abracada, and so on. Until finally you're reduced to the vowel A. Afterward, you repeat the whole process again with abracadabra. For more information, you can reference the article and video from Glorian that we've linked here. People wonder why this mantra is diminutive, uh, diminutive through each repetition until you are reduced to the single vowel A. The reason is that when you retrospect your dreams or even your life, you're slowly increasing your resolution, reducing your vision to an even more distant and primeval moment in your experience before all the complications of life eclipsed it. When you perform this mantra to remember distant moments of your past, you sequentially strip away the superfluous aspects of the personality to arrive at the simplicity of childhood, whereby the tendencies for much of our current everyday life originated. Raum Gaum is great for when you first wake up. But if you still struggle to remember dreams with facility, then you might want to consider using Abracadabra as well. Prolong and sing the mantra with all of your being. There's another series of mantras to help access memories, especially from one's childhood. They are the mantras Ma, ma, pa, pa. These sacred sounds are the first syllables children pronounce. The letter M relates to water and the Divine Mother. The consonant P relates to the Latin pater, the Divine Father. The vowel A activates the pulmonary chakras related to past life memories. When children are born, they breathe and cry, since their lungs and chakras come into activity. People ignore why children really cry at birth. We often have a very simplistic view of children, that somehow as adults, we possess greater intelligence and understanding, and that children are helpless. In reality, children are conscious, intuitive, awake. They have not been acculturated into society because they have not yet developed a personality. Their essence is present and alert. 
since the world has not yet conditioned their capacities for novelty and imagination. In such moments of birth, children can remember their past lives and how they are now reborn. Therefore, it is very unpleasant to remember one's past mistakes and sufferings with the foreknowledge that such circumstances will repeat in the new cycle. Such memories are part of the consciousness, which process and manifest themselves in the form of images. The perception of internal imagery, as we previously explained, has been known by the terms imagination or clairvoyance. Such memories come into activity when we are born because of the pulmonary chakras, the vowel A, which we exclaim whenever we are born into this world. We do not remember such primitive moments because of acculturation, experience, personality, and the gradual sleep of our consciousness throughout time. However, if we wish to remember our dreams and access greater insights into them, it is necessary to reactivate our lost powers. Jesus stated in the Gospels to become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. This does not mean we become naive and defenseless. It signifies that we activate our work memory, that we resurrect the internal images and abilities of our infancy that have been submerged within our subconsciousness. Such capacities are encoded within our psychological energy and are referenced as atoms. Not in the literal sense, but as forces and principles that need to be stimulated and manifested again. Here is what Samalan Vior had to say about this practice. The syllables ma, ma, pa, pa, ba, ba are the first syllables that we articulate in childhood. We can start the initiation with these syllables. You must sing these syllables while assuming an innocent and infantile attitude. You can learn the intonation of these sacred syllables when listening to the magic flute of Mozart. Mozart plays these syllables in his marvelous opera. The disciple must fall asleep assuming an infantile attitude while remembering the first years of his childhood and then mentally singing the sacred syllables. The word pa-pa should be vocalized intoning the first syllable pa in a high voice then the second syllable, pa, will be uttered in a lower voice. These two syllables should be pronounced many times. You must do the same thing with the syllable, ma. Fall asleep while meditating on your childhood. Review with your imagination your whole childhood and mentally articulate the sacred syllables. You must know that every child is clairvoyant until the age of four years. Afterwards, the innocent atoms of clairvoyance submerge themselves within the subconsciousness. Therefore, if you want to reconquer clairvoyance, meditate on your childhood and profoundly fall asleep while articulating the first syllable of the child, mama, papa, baba. This type of meditation and the sacred syllables will awaken the infantile atoms of clairvoyance. 
Then you will elevate yourself into imaginative knowledge. You will learn to think with living images. From the Aquarian message, a chapter called The Pure River of the Waters of Life. We included a link here to the scene in the Magic Flute of Mozart, where the mantras Mama, Papa are sung. The innocence and purity of childhood is beautifully reflected in this opera. I highly recommend you listen to it to understand the quality of such a state. I will also pronounce these mantras for you now. Ma Pronounce them with serenity and happiness so that your inner child is manifested to your consciousness. As you start to remember your dreams, it becomes essential that you record them. The act of recording dreams is significant. Having an accurate record with Thorough details regarding each dream, no matter how incoherent or vague, is important for three reasons. One, we needed a record of our progress in dream yoga. Two, documenting dreams helps us pay attention to their details. And three, the act of writing trains your memory to be more reliable. Many dreams might be so complicated, abstract, or disjointed that it becomes difficult to discern what to document. If a dream is hazy, write down whatever general feelings or mood accompany it. You can articulate the thought of, or idea associated with the dream. If the dream is super crazy and sophisticated, then documenting it with as much detail will help you later in deciphering what it all means. It is better to do more than less because each entry is a proven record of your psychological states when you go to bed. There might be details of your dreams that seem insignificant, but in reality prove to be crucial later on in your analysis. Thoroughly recording your dreams with as much possible detail provides greater data points when assessing month by month your general progress in awakening consciousness. It also helps to pay closer attention to what is going on. Plus, the act of writing or documenting your ideas, whether on a notepad or an electronic device, 
goes a long way toward helping your memory be more reliable. You likely find after adopting this practice that if you stop recording your dreams, it becomes more difficult to remember them, even with a retrospective exercise. It's good to be consistent with writing dreams down because any lapse can have medium to long-term consequences. We might miss out on really important experiences. Also, any missing piece to our dream yoga discipline can corrode our entire efforts, since all of these practices come together to form a cohesive whole. Another method to remember dreams is dietary. It consists of consuming for breakfast, ground almonds with honey and citrus fruit. These foods are packed with spiritual nutrition to help with work memory and dream recall. Food not only provides sustenance on a physical, biological level, but spiritual as well. The reason why we are nourished by whole foods is their vital elements. The energies and spiritual forces that help animate our physicality. Ground almonds with honey and citrus fruit are particularly condensed forms of spiritual nutrition since they are packed with atomic principles for the brain and consciousness. Some things to keep in mind, however. You do not need to make this the only thing you eat for breakfast. It can merely complement your current regimen. Also, if you are allergic to nuts, then you will obviously not be able to eat ground almonds for this dietary stipulation. You can try to consume foods with honey, preferably raw and organic, along with citrus fruit if you can. The better the quality of food, the better results. The spiritual forces that animate our body, as well as make up our food, are known as vital or etheric energy. Our physical body is constituted by four different forms of ether, some of which play a significant role in the quality of our memories. Dream recall, imagination, and perception. Similar to an astral body, we even possess a vital body that permeates every atom of our physical body so as to animate it with life. This vehicle has often been shown in Kirlian photography, which was developed to document the living aura of people, animals, plants, and even minerals. Our different ethers determine a lot for us, including the quality of our life, health, perceptions, offspring, and memories. The etheric or vital body is like a solar panel that attracts energy into our physicality every time we go to sleep. One reason why we leave in the astral body every time we sleep is so that the vital body can repair the physical body from its daily activities. Once we return and awaken bed, the vital body is done rejuvenating the physical body. The quality of our etheric vehicle determines dream recall. The vital body is an intermediary between our physical life and the astral body. It is like a conduit or channel whereby our internal values can express out into the world. It also, like a mirror, can reflect internal imagery into our consciousness if it is polished, maintained, and clean. 
If our etheric body is sick or polluted from harmful behaviors or substances, then it cannot clearly transmit information or memories into our physical brain. This is why we are very careful in our studies regarding what we eat, drink, and most importantly, think. The quality of our minds determines a lot for our spiritual well-being. This is why we work through the path of initiation to purify our psychological environment, our mind, so that we can access the internal worlds with more frequency, profundity, and clarity. There are four ethers. Let us relate how Samal and Vior describe them. The vital body is constituted of four ethers. A. Luminous ether. B. Reflective ether. C. Chemical ether. D. Ether of life. The first of these ethers is found intimately related with the diverse functions of willpower and imagination. The second ether is found secretly associated with all the sensorial and extrasensorial perceptions. The third is the foundation of all biochemical and organic processes. The fourth serves as a medium for the forces that work with the processes of reproduction of the races. These ethers are graded on a spectrum from more base and coarse to more subtle and refined. The ethers associated with our biology and reproductive abilities are obviously the most basic and material. The ethers associated with our sensorial perceptions, imagination and willpower are more abstract and synthetic. While our biology plays a part in how we perceive physically through our organs, the superior two ethers help energize and catalyze our very being in the physical and internal worlds. They are the fuel that animates the car of both the physical and astral bodies, allowing for that relationship to even exist between them. While the two inferior ethers drive our physical body, the two superior ethers can be separated and imprinted within our astral body through the process of initiation. This allows the astral body to better retain and transmit our dream memories to our physical body while we awake from rest. Let us continue with Samal and Vior. I learned to liberate the two superior ethers in order to travel with them far away from the physical body during the second initiation of the fire. Unquestionably, clairvoyant and clairaudient perceptions are extraordinarily intensified when one absorbs the two superior ethers in one's astral body. These ethers permit us to bring into the physical brain the totality of the supersensible memories. If your etheric body is healthy and you conserve its vital energies, then the thread that connects your astral body with your physical brain will become enlivened and strong. This way, you will have greater bandwidth and processing of internal experiences within your physical body so that you don't forget anything. Samal Vior builds off the two superior ethers in his explanation of the maiden of memories. She is part of our unique idiosyncratic divinity, our being. She is part of us and also the divine. Some people get hung up over the idea that there are parts of the being or that divinity is male or female. Do not think of parts as some kind of dissociated fragments. 
but rather constitutive principles and forces that exist within a infinitude of expression. These can be characterized as having either masculine or feminine characteristics. Together they form our perfect being. When Arjuna asked Krishna to show him his true form, Krishna manifested as an army of people of diverse appearances. A rabbi in the Midrash, or the Jewish biblical commentary, related that when divinity spoke to Moses and the Israelites, his laws and commandments were pronounced all at once in a cacophony of voices, which were too powerful and overwhelming to experience. Therefore, the divine unity always manifests as a multiplicity. The maiden of memories is one such expression that seeks to help us remember our dreams. She is described as sapient, a sapient soul, sapiens referring to authentic wisdom. She thrives within our two superior ethers and can be consciously utilized to enter with us in our astral productions so that she can help us retain our dream experiences and remember the wisdom we receive in the internal worlds. Here's an explanation and practice from Samal and Vior to work with the maiden of memories. The sapient soul expresses herself within these two superior ethers. She is the beloved maiden of our memories. When seen clairvoyantly, this maiden looks like a beautiful lady with the ethereal body. It is necessary for the disciple to learn how to take the, the beloved maiden of our memories into his astral travels in order to bring the memory of all that he sees and hears within the internal worlds. She serves as a mediator between the senses of the physical brain and the ultra-sensible senses of the astral body. It comes to be, if the concept fits, that she is like the stored space of memory. While in bed, at the time of sleep, invoke your innermost in the following way. Father of mine, thou who art my real being, I beseech thee with all of my heart and with all of my soul to take the beloved maiden of my memories out from my ethereal body with the goal of not forgetting anything when returning into my physical body. Then, while becoming sleepy, pronounce the mantras la ra from Mesoturk Medicine and Practical Magic, the chapter on ends nature. We previously explained the mantras la ra s, which we not only use for conscious astral projections, but also to work with our maiden of memories. Pronounce the mantras aloud at first, then whisper them. Finally, pronounce them in the mind as you fall asleep, meditating and praying. There are other reasons why we might not remember dreams. In our lecture on overcoming obstacles to astral projection, we talked about decorating our homes with the three primary colors, blue, yellow, and red. These represent the three primary spiritual forces characterized by affirmation, the Father, negation, the Son, and reconciliation, the Holy Spirit. These creative forces permeate all of existence, down to the level of the atom, up to the magnitude of a galaxy. Even the three forces can relate to the proton, electron, and neutron, respectively. You might already realize this, but colors have profound significance in dreams. Lighter, happier, and pleasing colors 
bear positive connotations. Dark, shadowy, or foreboding colors set a negative precedent. Neutral colors are indifferent in dreams. Bold reds can signify lust and passion. Luminous white can indicate psychological purity. Now, our brain is a receptacle for spiritual forces. Such forces are characterized in the internal worlds by colors. Our vital body can be illuminated by a beautiful spectrum of color. This is why Tibetan Buddhism refers to the perfected vital vehicle as the rainbow body of liberation. When our brain is energized, manifesting a wide range of colors within the vital body, then internal memories are easier to retrieve. Just as light refracts due to moisture in the air, so as to form a rainbow. Likewise, when we work with the waters of our creative energies, spiritual light refracts and forms a healthy, vital aura related to the rainbow. Light, when perfected through spiritual practice, augments into many varieties and colors. The same principle applies to our vital body. Sometimes such vital values represented by distinct colors, are absent within the student. Other times, those vital values are spent outwardly within a materialistic lifestyle rather than being conserved through a spiritual discipline. Likewise, people can forget their dreams due to the overall lack of brain health, which can result from bad habits. There are ways to heal the brain so that we can remember all our dreams. One can petition to the spiritual masters of the higher worlds who are responsible for universal medicine, who can visit sick patients within the internal worlds. They work through the Temple of Alden in the astral world. Some of them are renowned in our own history. Hermes, Hippocrates, and Paracelsus are just a few initiates who spent their lives healing people, both physically and internally. They will often appear like terrestrial doctors, whereby they will place you in a chair underneath a light with the three primary colors. This apparatus allows them to examine your internal bodies so that they can diagnose and treat you. Let us reference what Samuel Onvior had to say about this problem and how to remedy it. Also, there exists within the Gnostic Church a lens which, with which the colors of the disciple can be examined. When the disciple does not carry all of his complete colors, then he cannot bring the memories into his body. Many times, due to daily preoccupations, these colors remain within the physical body. In our brain, there is an extremely fine nervous tissue that is totally unknown to the men of science. This tissue is the instrument in order for us to bring back our internal memories. Yet, when an injury is present in that tissue, then the disciple cannot bring his memories back into his, bring his memories into his brain. Then, there is the need to ask the masters Hermes, Hippocrates, or Paracelsus for the healing of that center. A letter must be written to the Temple of Alden, asking for the help of any of the three mentioned masters. That letter must firstly be saturated with the smoke of frankincense. Afterwards, the letter must be burned with fire, while pronouncing the mantras Om, Tat, Sat, Om. One must perform this action filled with faith, kneeling, praying to heaven, and begging to be heard. Certainly the material part of the letter is burned, 
yet the astral counterpart goes directly to the hands of the master to whom the letter is meant. Thus the master reads the astral counterpart of the letter and then proceeds to heal the disciple from the revolution of Beelzebub, the elixir of long life. You can perform this last practice if everything else is failing you, or if you just want to be sure to remember everything you dream. Incense is important, because frankincense is a spiritual aroma that attracts positivity and the help of the masters. Some people wonder how a burnt letter can get into the hands of a spiritual master. People might wonder why the masters can't just use Google. In truth, our prayers, amplified through frankincense, deliver the astral contents of our message. This is much more reliable and profound than sending an email. In fact, it is transformative and moving, especially since a handwritten letter is more personal and sincere. Likewise, not all of these masters are incarnated. Therefore, the best way to reach them is through the best search engine, meditation. After performing this practice, you have to be patient for the results because it takes time to heal ourselves. With practice, you might even have an experience with a master you petitioned appears to you internally, using the three primary colors to examine your astral body. We will now conclude with practices. Throughout the day, develop self-observation. Practice the key of soul from moment to moment. Every day, practice meditative retrospection. Recall what you perceived externally and internally from the entire day. Before falling asleep, invoke the help of either your maiden of memories with the mantras La Ra S or Morpheus. Upon awakening from sleep, mentally vocalize the mantras Raum Gaum before physically moving. Review and recall your dreams. Record your experiences in your spiritual diary. At this point, I would like to open up the floor to questions. We have a question. At least in one state or layer of astral projection, there appears to be three kinds of people. There are people who walk around and do not notice me floating above them. If I approach them or try to interact with them, they do not notice me or barely notice something, usually a small child. Then there is another group who also walk around and see me but do not interact. They seem to be on a mission of some sort. The third group of pe are people who, like me, float around and seem to be discovering or realizing their state or whereabouts. They see me and I see them. The question is, what are the possible differences between these groups and who the initiates should try to contact or interact with? Obviously, there's a lot of kinds of people within the world. Most people, when they enter the astral dimension, do so unconsciously. People who wander the astral plane usually are merely repeating their daily life. Someone who has never trained their consciousness to be awake through the key of soul, subject, object, location, will not be aware when their physical body is either asleep or deceased. Plato had said, a man is known by his dreams. If we go to bed 
and eight hours pass and we don't see anything, it means that we are not conscious in the objective sense. Most people are like this. The astral world is often just a repetition of one's physical existence. So if you work at a bar or serve as a teacher, such people will repeat their occupations in the dreaming state, but they will not be aware of it. But there are people who you can recognize in the astral dimension who are awake. You can see it through their eyes. Descartes said the eyes are the window of the soul. And clairvoyantly in the astral dimension, you can look at the eyes of an individual to determine their state, their level of being, their quality. It's an intuitive process. You have to be very sharp and alert. But there are beings who, like us, are trying, people across the globe, who want to awaken within dreams. And so they're applying these techniques and getting results. So you can run into many people internally who are part of, say, the Gnostic movement or other traditions and religions who are being conscious. And you can recognize them by interacting with them. The difference between them is obviously people who train and people who don't. I don't recommend spending a lot of time trying to wake up people who are really unconscious, who don't make the effort to know themselves. Salman Vior related an experience how he tried to wake up a person in the astral plane who did not have any type of training. He was with a high master of the White Lodge who attempted with him to stimulate the consciousness of this individual through a spiritual transference of force. Because the masters of the White Lodge can provide assistance in that way. They give you a type of light or force, kind of like fanning a fire, in order to awaken some sparks, some recognition that one is dreaming. Obviously, someone who has no fire, no light, The firewood is dead, is damp, is dense. It won't light. And so this master told Sabal and Vior, don't waste your time. This person is too asleep. However, people who are working in the physical world in order to awaken internally are developing fire in themselves. We know from his teachings that one should work with the creative energies of sexuality through exercises like pranayama, sexual alchemy, the perfect matrimony. By working with the fire of our spirituality, the creative force, we awaken sparks and flames so that it's easier to awaken internally. No fire, no light. So the initiates and the masters do have a preference they like to work with people who have some semblance of sincerity, who are trying to change in themselves so that they can really better themselves and humanity. So it's good to interact with masters internally. It's the best use of our time.
not trying to appease lunar people. We have a question. I rarely understand what my dreams mean and therefore struggle to motivate to remember dreams or perform dream yoga. What do you recommend? It's difficult. We talk a lot about spiritual nights where we lack motivation to really do what's in our best interest, spiritually speaking. It can be difficult to motivate ourselves if we feel depressed or that we don't get the results we want. Or we have many dreams that we don't understand. I think the solution, especially for motivation, is prayer and remembrance. We have to remember those spiritual and psychological states that pushed us to even study this in the first place. Obviously, any person who approaches Gnosticism or dream yoga has had some type of experience. However fleeting, vaporous, abstract, or enigmatic If we reflect on those moments, and reflect on why it is we want to study dream yoga, we can in turn inflame our heart, especially by connecting through prayer to our being. We have to remember divinity, to remember the presence of the divine. A lot of people might not have had a dream about that or an experience, but in our daily states, perhaps in childhood, when we were young and uncorrupted, we tasted that. We tasted what it means to be awake. To be able to see a mountain in a grain of sand. Or with our imagination, to see an ocean in a droplet. There is a type of spontaneity and profound joy that we knew when we were young. And in truth, many of us, when we were young, had very lucid dreams. That might be the reason why a lot of people approach this, these studies. And with age and acculturation and time, our experiences as an adult often obscure or smother those remembrances. And so it's very difficult to even understand our dreams. Or to be motivated to want to remember them because we're so hypnotized. The mantras we gave earlier, such as Mama, Papa, Baba, as well as Abracadabra, are very powerful for motivation. 
especially the former. Mama, Papa, Baba. You struggle to remember your dreams or to be motivated? Make the sincere effort by praying your Divine Mother and working with that mantra. Remember your childhood. Remember what it is like or what it was like to be awake. Those experiences, when they come to you in meditation, are so profound that they change your life and what you thought you knew about yourself, about your family, about humanity. When you see those images emerge from your subconsciousness with that practice, you realize that truly one can enter the kingdom of heaven by becoming like a little child, by recapturing and reconquering that state. So I recommend work with that. When you recognize those superior states of consciousness, you realize that there's more to life than what our television shows or popular media or social media would have us believe. There's profound realities that are beyond our current grasp. And that way, you'll be more motivated. You'll try harder because you want to experience that. The meanings of dreams unfold even after many years of practice. Some dreams you can experience and understand immediately. But the more you reconquer your intuition, those infantile forces that reside within the subconsciousness, then the more, the more easy it becomes to access and to push ourselves further in this path. We have a question. Do you have an experience or insight into what being attacked by a dark entity is like to the point of feeling your heart or soul being crushed inside of a lucid dream. This experience has not left me since I was a child. Yeah, there's a lot of entities out there. Not all of them are good, but there are ways to protect yourself. Study our course, Spiritual Self-Defense. We give many exercises and practices that you can use to defend yourself spiritually not only in dreams, but also physically, such as preparing your home for meditation, creating a spiritual space to meditate, to perform dream yoga, etc. Don't be discouraged by such experiences because whenever any negative entity tries to impede our development, it's because we're making some progress. And oftentimes, students get pulled away from these studies because of fear. They don't want to experience again being attacked. But that's merely just giving them what they want. And in fact, those beings have little power compared to your divinity. So the practices we give in that course help invoke the presence of our inner being so that while awake and clear and alert, we know how to effectively deal with problems. And therefore, they just become a little annoying rather than a tremendous source of terror and uncertainty.
So we have a question. This is the first time I've heard of the three primary colors. Can you explain on how, about how these came to be? Think of light. Light exists in a spectrum, such as the three primary colors and its gradations, such as in the rainbow. Light is a metaphor and a quality of being, of divinity. Wherever there is light, there is consciousness. Light, even in quantum mechanics, is known to possess intelligence. Light particles make decisions. Likewise, our consciousness is a form of light. The root of that light, that direct perception, that seeing without conditions, is divine. We reference the three primary colors because, in a cosmological sense, our own particular light, our own spark of divinity, unfolds and enters the world to have experiences, to develop and mature. And in the process of the creation of any universe, we can say in a metaphorical sense that light divides and becomes three, the three primary forces, which have been characterized in every single religion throughout the world. The Christians call it the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Other religions have different names. Well, we use the three primary colors to symbolize or represent those principles that are within us. And those principles have to be activated through dream yoga. So through our dream yoga exercises, we are training the consciousness, training ourselves to be present, alert, and aware. And in the process, we develop our full potential. It's a very deep topic. It's not easy to synthesize in a few sentences. But if you study some of the writings of Samal and Vior, especially Treaties of Revolutionary Psychology, you'll get a good sense about what does it mean to develop light. And especially his book, The Great Rebellion and The Perfect Matrimony, he talks a lot about the divine origins of the soul. These are represented by the three primary colors, which we use to qualify parts of our being and in our vital body if we are very awake and alert especially within the internal worlds we can directly experience the different energies and colors of that vehicle so they can relate to the three primary colors and the health of our physical brain as well we have a question is it possible for someone or something to affect me I had a dream where three old women were pressing with their thumbs into my forehead, the third eye location, saying that they will be locking something in me. Was it a real attack on me or not? How do I know? Follow your heart. What does your heart tell you? I know a lot of times people are filled with doubt and uncertainty about what they experience. But the way to interpret our inner visions is done through the heart, through intuition. You don't have to think about it. You can discern 
and comprehend the experience, but it's not an intellectual exercise. Intuition works through hunches. And a lot of dreams that are very impactful or real have a very profound effect. They hit harder than other dreams. Now, witches and black magicians or negative entities can try to affect our energies in our physical and internal bodies. So it's possible that this is a very real experience. Only you can really judge and ascertain that. If you want to be sure and, and secure and to protect yourself from such influences, you can practice certain prayers in our tradition that we use, like in the course we mentioned, spiritual self-defense. They're called the Conjurations and the Invocation of Solomon. Glorian Publishing provided some videos about that too. But in our lectures and our course, we do go in a lot of detail about how to uh, protect yourself, but also how to know if you're being attacked. So you got to evaluate your psychological states too. What elements are surging in you in response to the event? Are you experiencing any abnormalities in your daily life? Maybe health-related issues. Maybe psychological issues. Maybe obsessions. Maybe fears. Unexplained terrors. Different emotions. Qualities of your psychology that feel very overwhelming. So those are ways that you can kind of ascertain that maybe something is wrong and that you need to take precautions. So... Part of our dream yoga discipline, too, is we do a lot of these prayers and invocations before we go to bed. And we learn to protect our home through a seal of magical protection provided by our inner divinity. So we give explanations of those practices in that course. I recommend that you study and apply them. So we have a comment. I found if I try and write my dreams as soon as possible, just the mere process of writing them, I recall more and more. I have tried remaining still, but sometimes my mind begins to think and wander, or other times I just feel too lazy and fall back asleep. Not sure if this is a question about this part, but I would like to hear your views on this, if any. That's been in my experience too, is that writing dreams down helps to remember them more. There's something about the act of writing, whether physically on paper or on an electronic device, that concretizes or solidifies those abstract moments and dreams into something material. It helps to remember. So it's very useful. So it's good to combine that with, again, retrospection and Raum Gaum. So tying back to the earlier question about being attacked by witches. Can I undo that harm? It felt like they predicted my death. Yes, there are many ways to undo works of black magic. So there's no need to fear them. Yes, there's a way to protect yourself, but also take away any negative harm done upon oneself, whether visible or invisible. We have a question. I actually remember dreams better when I move upon awakening little by little. What may this indicate? It means your memory is stronger. There's, little, there's levels of intensity of forgetfulness and remembrance. Some people have a very fragile dream memory, which is, a lot of, which is for a lot of people the case. So you may find that upon awakening, you could remember more even after moving because your dream recall is stronger. 
Some people can remember dreams more accurately, more easily. The connection between your internal astral vehicle and your physical brain is stronger. Some people don't have that luxury because of abuse, of wrong behaviors, bad diet, poor psychological behavior. So you're in a good spot. But I suggest that if you really want to go deeper and even remember more, try this exercise. Don't move. See what it can provide you. We have a question. How do you get past the vibrational stage? I woke up in the middle of sleeping with the middle of my spine feeling like it was contorting up and I felt vibrations in the palm of my hands. Some people, when they're dreaming, are very psychic and sensitive. You might have perceptions within your physical body, even, that are metaphysical. They're not normal. You may feel vibrations or sensations. You can even see images, hear mystical sounds, even while being partially awake on that threshold between wakefulness and dreaming. You can hear different sounds in the internal worlds manifesting within you physically. My suggestion is that when you uh, experience such states, to not get identified with them. These things are very temporary. As you're practicing dream yoga, because of working with the vital body, as well as the astral body, you start to get more sensitive to energy. And sometimes, because of the changes in the vital body, especially by working with the two superior ethers, you're learning to create a new type of dynamic within yourself. And so sometimes that can manifest within different types of sensations in the body, where you just sense and see things and even feel them. They're not indicative of long-term progress. And neither are they indicative of any type of harm. They just are a phenomena that happen. Some people experience very different things. The important thing is don't get identified. Don't limit yourself to being obsessed with that phenomena, with repeating it, or with hiding from it. If you observe yourself and learn to practice meditation, you can be not attached to anything. I recommend you practice meditation as taught within the course Meditation Essentials by Glorian Publishing. It's a very good course that will teach you how to develop equanimity, serenity, dispassion. Whenever something of this type happens, you observe it as it is and watch it, observe it, examine it. And the more you examine such states, you will find their roots. Your consciousness will show you in meditation. Your divinity will show you in meditation the origin of this phenomena. And it could be related to the vital body, as I said. Maybe something deeper you'll have to explore. We have a question. Are there any plants that you recommend to assist in dream memory retention? It's a good question. I was preparing this lecture and remembering a little bit about the book Igneous Rose by Samalan Vior, where he talks a lot about elemental magic. He talks a lot about the relationship between the aloe plant and retrospection meditation, but also reincarnation. He explains in that chapter how 
the soul of the elementals of the aloe plant are intimately related with reincarnation. And he hints that there is a connection between that and memory. In order to remember your past lives, you perform a retrospective exercise like we explained with any of the mantras we provided or already. However, the aloe plant is a very powerful soul. It attracts a lot of positive energies and vibrations within our home. It's good to possess an aloe plant for many reasons. It helps oxidize the environment. They attract spiritual force, solar light within the internal worlds. And what's remarkable with the aloe plant is that if you practice with the soul of the plant, there's things that the elemental can teach you about your past lives, about reincarnation, and about remembering. So I know I included a lot of exercises for remembering our childhood. And the reason being is that if your memory is strong and you can remember obscure moments in your infancy, you will be very equipped to remember your dreams. And so the mantra for the elemental of the aloe is the letter M. You prolong it, singing it. And you can pray to the aloe plant. Help me to remember myself. Provide me with spiritual support. Teach me about the mysteries of reincarnation. And you can meditate and fall asleep, imagining the plant, to the point that you see within the internal worlds the soul of the plant. And you can speak to the elemental. They often appear like children with little tunics of different colors. And in a way, by working with this elemental, you're accessing a part of yourself that's subconscious and relates to memory. And they can teach you things related to memory. What does it mean to remember? That's one recommendation. Any other questions? Okay, if there are no other questions, we're going to conclude. Really appreciate the turnout. We'll continue with this lecture series next month. So thank you all for coming. To learn more about the knowledge covered in this lecture, we invite you to study the books available through Glorian Publishing or GnosticTeachings.org. You can also view free online courses, lectures, transcriptions, and articles available at ChicagoGnosis.org. All of this is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Have you benefited from this knowledge? Help others by making a tax-deductible donation at chicagognosis.org. We thank you for listening. We hope that these lectures aid you in developing your complete and divine potential. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace.